It's the Pete Callender Show. With more than 20 years as a reporter and radio host in North Carolina, Pete Callender is helping solve the world's problems one podcast at a time. Because he's a giver. And now, here's Pete. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Happy Labor Day. It's September 7th. Thanks so much for listening to the show. I appreciate you making me part of your day, whatever day that is that you are actually listening to this podcast. Uh, Also, I want to thank Julie and Leslie and No Thanos. I don't make up the names, people, I swear. Tim and Lisa, Jolene, WC, and Caddy, or maybe Katie. And David and Mark, I appreciate the support. They became patrons to the program, and you can too. Just head on over to thepetecalendarshow.com. You will find links there uh, to become a patron of the show. Uh, also want to thank Old Grouch's Military Surplus just for being fantastic. Well, also for being a sponsor of the program. Tim at Old Grouch's Military Surplus in downtown Clyde. Uh, he is the new Old Grouch. Well, not really new. I mean, he's been doing it for years, and he helped his dad out with the store when his dad was running the store for years and years. So Old Grouch's Military Surplus has been uh, family-owned and operated for more than 30 years in downtown Clyde. Now, Tim has an expanded line of first aid kits and medical supplies for all kinds of emergencies, uh, and they have step-by-step instructions so people even like me would be able to follow it. He's got body armor, all kinds, made to NATO specs. These are for in-store or over-the-phone purchases only. He has face masks as well. These are made by a local family, uh, veteran family, disabled vet, and they make them out of military parachutes that are lightweight and soft. He has steel gas cans. These are the pre-ban old-school ones, the good ones, basically, uh, and, of course, tons of real U.S. military surplus uh, for more than three decades. Old Grouch's military surplus on Main Street in downtown Clyde. It's across the street from the anti-aircraft gun. So, I mean, like, honestly, it's worth the trip just to see the anti-aircraft gun. It's magnificent. Uh, And also, obviously, online at oldgrouch.com. So, Friday, uh, September 4th, I had the honor of participating in a debate. I was not one of the uh, I was not one of the people debating. I was one of the panelists asking questions. It was the debate was put on by the Blue Ridge Public Radio Station and here in Western North Carolina, as well as Smoky Mountain News. And I was one of three panelists. This they did a, a two night debate. I was uh, a panelist in the first night, and so I got to ask three questions. And I'm going to go over some of the background on uh, like how the. Uh, how the debate unfolded. I've got a lot of audio from that first night's debate. The second night I watched, this was on Saturday, they focused a little bit more on rural issues and such, but honestly, a lot of the answers were the same. Like virtually all of the answers were the same uh, uh, from the first night. So uh, I've got a lot of audio from the first night's debate. Okay, so first up, Aisha Adams, she was one of my fellow panelists, and I believe she's the, uh, I don't know her official title, I apologize, but she's the, uh, I want to say like uh, the diversity and equity director at Lenore Rhine. And uh, and she also has a YouTube channel, I believe, a very popular one. So, uh, and she's local as well. Mark Barrett, formerly of the Citizen Times, now at Mountain Express, he was the other panelist. And so, Like we showed up and we kind of went over our questions, but we all drafted our own questions. And so we just wanted to make sure that we weren't going to ask each other or ask the candidates rather uh, the same questions as the other panelists. Now, the two candidates were Mo Davis, the Democrat, uh, and Madison Cawthorn, the Republican, both running for the 11th congressional district seat that was left uh, open when Mark Meadows uh, resigned in order to become Donald Trump's chief of staff. And so Aisha Adams, she goes first. And she asks about the allegations against Madison Cawthorn, specifically the allegations that he sexually assaulted. That's what it's being referred to as because he he says, well, I just tried to kiss these girls. There were two of them that went to the reporter at the World Magazine, uh, and uh, this happened several years ago. Cawthorn also is accused of being a white supremacist by his opponent, Mo Davis. So here is the first question uh, that Aisha Adams asked. Well, here's the response. Uh, You know, I I have been uh, accused of sexual assault, and I I won't lie to you. In in high school and after, I did try to kiss a girl. I've I've kissed many girls in high school, and some of my attempts failed. But I believe that there's a large difference in a failed attempt versus sexual assault. Uh, you know, I just got engaged. I'm about to get married coming up in April. 
And if when we get married, we're obviously planning on having a ch a ch many children, a great family. And if I have a, a daughter, I want her to grow up in a world where people will have to ask permission to touch her. I think that would have made my high school experience much less awkward if I knew that, that was a, so a, a question that could generally be asked. But also, if I have a son, I want him to grow up in a world where he's not accused of being a sexual predator just because he wants to kiss a girl. And moving on to the accusations of being a white nationalist. This is something that I categorically reject, and I've spoken out many times against racism in both my party and in the country as a whole. You know, I'm engaged to a biracial young woman, and to accuse me of hating my fiancé and hating my future biracial children, I believe is an insult to most thinking people in Western North Carolina. Uh, you know, oftentimes I've been accused of being a Nazi sympathizer, which I categorically deny. Even CNN and the Anti-Defamation League said that there is really no basis for this attack. And so I believe that we have to ask ourselves, what is it about the Democratic Party and my opponent that they want to partake in this character assassination? Is it because they genuinely believe this? No, that's not true. My opponent, knows, of course, knows I'm not a Nazi, not a white supremacist, and I'm not a sexual predator. I, I've, I've never done anything sexually inappropriate in my life. But I will tell you, I believe the reason the left is participating in this character assassination is because they cannot stand on their policy, and they want to hide behind the ambiguity, ambiguity of being character assassins. Thank you, Mr. Cawthorn. Uh, Mr. Davis, two minutes to you. Yeah, thank you for the question. I'm, I'm proud to be endorsed by the National Organization for Women by Equality North Carolina. And I've got a record of having fought for uh, equal rights for everyone. I believe that everyone in this country has a right to be treated equally. That doesn't mean equal opportunity doesn't mean equal outcome, but it means you should have an equal shot at pursuing your dreams. Uh, my opponent, you know, had accused me of following orders from Nancy Pelosi and that this is some democratic playbook to try to smear his name. Uh, I've never met, had any contact or anything with any of the women that have accused him of sexual misconduct. So to try to uh, associate me with that is uh, trying to deflect blame, which uh, my opponent is quite, quite good at. You know, being in the military, one of the things, two things that you learn is one is that integrity matters and telling the truth. And number two is accepting responsibility. So uh, I had nothing to do with the accusations that were made. These young women uh, who came forward were not, uh, I don't think they're part of the liberal mob. All right. I got to stop right here because a couple of things have already come up. And, and uh, I, w I will note this right now. We panelists at this debate were not allowed we weren't it wasn't part of the structure okay it wasn't part of the format we were not allowed to ask follow-up questions or uh you know hey you're not answering the question let's focus this like there was there wasn't any it was simply i'm gonna as a panelist i throw this question out and then you guys can just whatever talk about whatever you want basically and kill the clock run it out two minutes for each uh candidate and then one minute for rebuttals and then you move on to the next question from a panelist so I'm not like this is I've done debates and this is I'm not criticizing the format because there are different formats that I've been a part of and all of them have pros and cons. Right. There are benefits and downsides to any kind of a format uh, for a debate that you're going to run. Uh, but this is part of the problem when you have a, f a format like this is that uh, it doesn't allow for the moderator or the panelist or anybody to uh, to drag the candidates back to the question. So they essentially can ignore the question, talk about whatever they want, and never have to be called to account for that. Okay? Uh, and this is what we're, you're going to hear many examples of it as we go through here, which is why a lot of people in the live stream were saying, he's not answering the question. Well, they don't have to. They don't have to answer the question because nobody's going to require them to do so. Right? So, but here is... Um, Colonel Davis, and he's saying that, uh, you know, he doesn't have any kind of coordination going on with Nancy Pelosi or the women or anything like that. And th that's sort of a false premise. It's a straw man. You don't need to have direct coordination for this type of, quote, play to be run out of the Democratic playbook, which is what Cawthorn is saying, because this is pretty is a pretty regular kind of a thing. And the, the women who have accused Cawthorn as far as I can tell, and I did this, I looked into all of them several weeks ago when they first came forward, uh, they all are of the left. 
so that I could tell. There was one that was that was I could not determine, uh, but that tells me something, right? I think that that is instructive to some degree, don't you think? I mean, if it was all conservatives that were saying he's doing this, then maybe, yes, there would be a little bit more to it. But some of the stories, and if you want to go back, go find the podcast I did back then. And we spent an hour going through all of the allegations and his response to all of them. Uh, I'm not sure. It's interesting, though, how quickly this has sort of just kind of fallen away that uh, there isn't more being made of it. I think because a lot of people hear it and they're just like, so wait, he tried to kiss a girl and she pulled away and then that was it. Like, okay, I'm not really sure, like, what else is there to that? Uh, let me get back to his audio here because he says, you know, you shouldn't deflect blame and integrity matters and it means accepting responsibility. And I want you to keep that part in mind when we get to the second question. Okay. Uh, the second question. I've never met Nancy Pelosi. I'm sure she's a nice woman, but I don't take orders from her. I'm running to represent this district and the people in this district, period. Not the party, not Pelosi, not Trump, not anyone else. I'm running to give everyone a fair shot here in this district to be that to again be that proud, progressive, forward leaning state that we used to be when I was growing up. So the accusations that have been made, I'm proud to say I haven't had to spend one minute explaining that I'm not a Nazi. Well, all right. okay, hang on. So this is this is a pretty mendacious sort of attack, because uh, what he has said here is that I'm going to accuse you of being a Nazi and then you're going to defend yourself from being accused of being a Nazi. And then I'm going to say, well, I'm glad I haven't been accused of being a Nazi. That is that's it's unethical. It's unethical. But he's a lawyer. I'm sorry. That's not I did not mean that as a joke. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not saying that as a joke. It's not a lawyer joke. I'm just saying that he knows how to construct these types of arguments, good ones and bad ones, fair ones and unfair ones. Right. So in this in this regard, he definitely has an advantage over the 25 year old Madison Cawthorn, who I'm not sure like how many actual debates he's ever been in besides like these I think this was the first debate that he did. Um, but to this point where he says, I am glad that I don't have to spend any time defending myself from being accused of being a Nazi. I'm glad I don't have to do that. Well, maybe that's because nobody has taken an interest in your Twitter account up until now. And what's interesting to me is I did. And the people who were watching this debate on the public radio stream, on their Facebook stream, the stuff that I read in the next question, they had never heard any of this. They had never heard any of it. And those who were hearing it agreed. Okay, so I'm going to get to that. But before we get to that, in 2018, Colonel Davis attacked Megyn Kelly when she was on, I think this is when she was on NBC, the, the news anchor. She was formerly of Fox News, went over to NBC and then got blown out at NBC, remember, right after or right before Matt Lauer got outed as the... Uh, the sexual abuser, right? And she was trying to say, like, I knew that this was going on there, too. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So Megyn Kelly, um, she was blasted by Mo Davis for saying that blackface was okay when she was a child. Okay, he tweeted this out. He he attacked her because Megyn Kelly was like, oh, I don't know if it's necessarily a bad thing. Like, when we were kids, right, she made some comment, and everybody was like, oh, my God, Megyn Kelly said blackface is okay, and then she was ousted, Okay. Yet last year, last year, he, Mo Davis defended Virginia Governor Ralph Northam, a Democrat, from calls for him to resign after the yearbook photos surfaced of Ralph Northam in blackface or wearing a KKK costume standing next to the individual in blackface. Okay, we're not really sure which one he was. He doesn't really remember either. Because remember, first he came out and said, oh, yeah, sorry about that. And then he was like, actually, I don't even remember if that was me. Like, oh, okay, so you've dressed up as a Klansman and in blackface enough times where you don't recall. But then uh, Joe Biden tweeted, quote, there is no place for racism in America. Governor Northam has lost all moral authority and should resign immediately. And Davis responded on Twitter, quote, no group is better at organizing a circular firing squad than Democrats. So he's arguing against Northam having to, what, what did he say, accepting responsibility, that integrity matters, right? Um, 
He says no group is better at organizing a circular firing squad than Democrats. He says, I'm 60 and I fought hard for progressive causes for the majority of my adult life and I have the scars to prove it, but I couldn't pass a purity test that measures me by who I was 35 years ago. If Ralph Northam isn't qualified to be a Democrat, then neither am I. I'd like to think we both grew from serving in the military, changed our perspectives, and lived better lives afterward. But if stupidity 35 years ago is disqualifying to be a Democrat, then count me out too. So I'm curious, when he says in his answers here, when he's talking about you know how he was a, uh, a proud, he was you know proud to be from North Carolina and we were a progressive state, so this would have been the time period he's talking about. When he was apparently doing stupid things, I'm not sure what those stupid things were, but he says, well, at least I've never been called a Nazi. I'm glad I don't have to defend myself from those charges, right? Well, I don't know. Did you ever dress up in blackface? Were you ever, I don't know, dressing up as Klansmen? Like, what were these things that you say would disqualify you from being a Democrat under the Northam standard? Because you're defending Northam. He says, if doing anything offensive 35 years ago is disqualifying, regardless of the life you've led, most white, male, straight Southerners who despise the GOP and now aren't welcome in the Democratic Party. He's lumping a whole lot of people in with him, isn't he? All right, but this did not come up, by the way. This was This was additional material, just in case because I didn't know what the format really was going to be like until we got there. So I had a lot of questions that I drafted that I did not get to ask. And um, honestly, like there's not a lot there that I could have pivoted to ask Madison Cawthorn about. And I really tried to have a question for both of the candidates when, you know, you get up there and you ask questions. And look, going into it, I assumed that my two other panelists were going to have sort of more direct and pointed and maybe adversarial types of questions for Madison Cawthorn to answer. And I expected that I would have the, I would be sort of the, uh, the equal time. I would be the counterbalance. I would have a different perspective than probably a lot of the people <laughs> that were putting it on. Just, I'm just, look, I, I don't know if that's true. I'm just guessing at that. And it may, maybe I'm not, maybe that's not true. Maybe I'm completely off base on that. But I thought, honestly, I thought when we sat down and we chatted and everybody had, I thought everybody had good questions and they were fair. So, um, and now that's, I know that's easy for me to say, but I thought my question was fair too. But I saw on the uh, the public radio page <laughs> that uh, uh, liberals did not really agree with that assessment. Now, everybody can agree. If you're trying to find a mattress, Mattress Man Stores is the place to go. Mattress Man has four locations in Western North Carolina. Okay, So they've got uh, one in Hendersonville. They've got one in Arden. They've got two in Asheville. You can go to any four of them, or you go to their website. They've got all their inventory at mattressmanstores.com. They're running a great deal. Uh, the triple zero deal, zero down, zero APR financing for up to two years, so no interest, and zero payments for 90 days. And you can get a fantastic mattress um, from Mattress Man. The Biltmore Collection, is uh, this is the line made by Restonic in Fayetteville, and they're in the Biltmore Hotel and in. You can get a free bedding bundle, which includes sheets, protectors, and pillows with the purchase of select mattresses, and you can get a queen-sized gel memory foam mattress for $3.99. Go check them out online, mattressmanstores.com. Experience the difference. They've got a 120-day comfort guarantee. They ship nationwide, and they have five-star local delivery service. Experience the difference at Mattress Man. Buy local and sleep better. All right, so now comes the part where I got to ask my first question. And I actually cut it down. I abbreviated the question <laughs> because, and I asked before I, uh, I asked Corey Valancourt, who's from Smoky Mountain News, I asked, how long do we have to ask the question? And he said a minute. That's what they built into the clock. So I said, okay, so I trimmed it down a little bit, but admittedly, <laughs> it was a little long. And I cut it down even even after I self-edited on the fly. I actually stopped uh, a short of uh, of all of the examples. But because you're listening to the podcast, I'm going to give you the whole question, okay? Because I feel like, first off, you should know all of the details. But also, I spent a lot of time combing through thousands of tweets. <laughs> so I kind of feel like it has to go someplace. So here it is, okay? All right. On social media, this is the question that I ask. Uh, and, and I get to first ask the question of Colonel Davis. So I say, 
on social media, you suggested Mr. Cawthorn is a white supremacist, a racist, a Nazi, a Nazi sympathizer, or all of these things. You called him a far-right, hateful extremist, alt-right, a bigot, ignorant, a liar, a poster child for Donald Trump's fascism, uneducated, unable to compete, pretty and pampered, and lacking any moral core. You describe President Trump as a 100% purebred, worthless, scumbag orifice, shall we say, with a racist agenda and a foreign-born nude model third wife. You said the KKK is the base of the Republican Party, that Trump rallies are Klan rallies, called an event with Reverend Franklin Graham a Klan rally, agreed that the Make America Great Again hats are the new KKK hoods. You repeatedly call Trump supporters maggots, the NRA a terrorist organization. You tweeted, quote, screw they go low, we go high BS. When North Carolina GOP extremists go low, we stomp their scrawny, pasty necks with our heels, and once you hear the sound of a crisp snap, you grind your heel hard and twist it slowly side to side for good measure. He needs to know who whooped his butt. You're obviously entitled to your opinions, but these examples stand in contrast to your promise to represent all of the people in the 11th Congressional District, many of whom are Republicans conservatives, NRA members, and Trump voters. So, Colonel Davis, it seems like you're convinced Mr. Cawthorn is a neo-Nazi, but you have not explicitly called him such. Would you like to do so now? But more importantly, do you think this improves the level of discourse in our politics? Isn't this the very kind of behavior you condemn President Trump for exhibiting? For Mr. Cawthorn, are you comfortable with President Trump's use of personal attacks on his opponents? And how do you represent constituents of the 11th who are genuinely and deeply offended by Mr. Trump's words and deeds? That, that was the question. That was the whole question. Neither of them answered it. <laughs> Neither of them answered the question. Now, they did talk after I asked this. <laughs> So here is how, first off, uh, Colonel Davis uh, attempted to respond, because I asked him first. And honestly, um, it probably did catch him off guard, because honestly, this is probably the first time he has ever fielded a question of an adversarial nature from media. It probably is. I, like Usually the kinds of questions that you get are like, what are you going to do for the district? Stuff like that. Meanwhile, Madison Cawthorn gets the, you know, aren't you a Nazi? <laughs> right? And so here we go. Like this was this was the question. Aren't you exhibiting the same kind of, you know, destructive uh, uh, behavior to our civil discourse that you you attack Donald Trump for? Well, thank you. And thank you for the question. It uh, like you, uh, I used to be a contributor on uh, MSNBC, CNN, Fox and other networks. And uh, like many folks that get into politics, you, uh, you, know, you have to take a different perspective. And my, my perspective is I'm running to represent this entire district. Okay. What did he just say there? That's his answer, by the way. That's the closest he's going to come to an answer. Um, he says, like me, that I've been... Now, okay, I have appeared, like, I think once, maybe twice on CNN in my life. I have appeared on the radio network side more than that but that was you know 15 years ago when i was a reporter um okay i am a a pundit if you will a talking head a talk radio host and all that is, is that what he's so i guess he's trying to equate um these tweets with with what i do and to be clear um they are not the same i'm not adopting a position simply because i am uh, on a podcast, on a radio station, writing something like these ideas that I have are my ideas. I'm this is my these are my opinions. And that doesn't mean I'm always right on stuff, but they're my opinions and I'm standing by them. Now, I would have. And by the way, this actually came up uh, at, at uh, well, recently this came up. Let me just say that this came up recently when uh, I was asked to do a certain line of work. And I said, I can't do that. Somebody asked me if, you know, would I be willing to to go back and work in a newsroom, in a newsroom in North Carolina. And I said, I really can't. I said, honestly, you wouldn't want me. You shouldn't want me as a news reporter because how would I be able to go to a Democrat knowing 
and, you know, the Democrats knowing what I have said about them and their party and their philosophy, and they should be concerned that they're not going to get a fair interview from me, right? That's completely legitimate for them to be worried about that. I understand that. Now, I would try my best if I'm a news person. I would try my best to be fair to them. But you as an organization, you shouldn't want me to be the face of the newsroom to all of these people because I've got that kind of baggage. And this is the the essence of what my question was to Colonel Davis and even to Madison Cawthorn, right? Which is, how do you expect to represent all people when you have this kind of venom directed towards them? And what you're telling me now is that what you didn't really believe it? See, these are the follow-ups I would have asked. Had I been given an opportunity to ask follow-ups, I would have stopped and said, wait, so are you saying that you didn't believe these things when you said them? Like when you called the MAGA hat the equivalent of the KKK hood, are you saying that that was not true, that you don't believe that? You were just saying it. You were just throwing red meat out to the audience because you knew that's what they wanted to hear. Well, is that the way you're going to govern? And if not, why not? And how would we believe you? How You call the NRA a terrorist organization. You're going to represent NRA members. You're going to represent people who voted for Trump and even went to Trump rallies. You called them Klan rallies. So how are you going to represent those folks? You called Trump rallies Klan rallies. You call these people maggots, and you think that they're going to be comfortable with you representing them? That's the question. That was the question. And now, by the way, hang on. Let me get the, uh, here it is. I've got just a sample here of the live stream comments that were being made as I asked this question. This is hilarious. <laughs> okay. So first, all right, so there were people that were like, yes, they're like, thanks to this man for exposing the true evil of Mo Davis. And that was not my intention. I don't know if the guy is evil or not. I'm just saying you said these things on Twitter. Oh, and by the way, he was saying these things last month. This is not like... That's another thing I would have pointed out because he says, oh, I was, you know, MSNBC contributor and it's a different kind of thing. Well, yeah, but you weren't an MSNBC contributor like in August, (laughs) which is what I pulled these tweets from that, you know, I did not go back beyond the campaign. These were all within the last year. So, uh you know, people are like, oh, uh, Pete's killing him on the question alone. I love this question. See, by the way, this is what people, if you are listening and you're not of the right, people on the right are starving for somebody to ask a question like I did. Because Cawthorn got that question, right? Cawthorn's been getting these questions, these difficult questions that like, ooh, this is uncomfortable. Oh, my gosh, I can't believe somebody's saying this to him, right? Cawthorn gets the questions. Republicans generally get these questions. Democrats don't. They generally don't get these types of questions. So people on the right, like this was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm listening to somebody ask this guy to be what? To be accountable for the things that he said on social media. See, he gets to play this role of I'm a left-wing MSNBC talking head, so it's all okay, but don't you dare quote your dad's joke about, you know, women listening to men tell them what to do, because that's what Cawthorn did. He quoted a joke that his dad made, (laughs) and then Mo Davis uses it as like some sort of proof that uh, Cawthorn's, uh, you know, some Neanderthal sexist. Don't let women have their own opinion. I'm man. I'm smart, you know. So here was what some of the folks uh, on the Blue Ridge Public Radio Facebook stream, this is what they were saying, though. Uh, Let's see, there was a woman named Jennifer who said, all these things true? What's the problem here? Right? This was, by the way, a common sentiment. Like, as as I'm reading through the list of all the nasty things that Davis has said, these people on the, 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 on the feed, and by the way, I went and looked up all of their profiles, and every one of them are of the left. And so they're saying things like, quote, accurate descriptions so far. Uh, another one, quote, I didn't read all that you had said about Cawthorn or Trump, Mo. Thanks. Um, a couple people asked, you know, well, what's the question? Because when I was reading through this, they were like, oh, my God, this guy, he's like, just ask the question. Is there a question here? <laughs> they just keep asking, uh, how, you know, get to the point. 
this guy's a terrible debate questioner. Again, all of these people, I've looked into their profiles. They're all of the left, okay? Blah, 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 backs up nothing. So so now it's, now, so not only am I taking too much time, but I'm also not providing all of the evidence, which by the way, it's all there. It's all on his social media feed. And I have the links to the tweets and I'll be posting them up on the Patreon page. So if you want to look and find them, I'll give you the direct links. Unless, of course, he deletes them all by now, because I'm not going to screenshot all of the tweets, because there really are so many of them. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not going to spend the time. I just, I pulled all of the the links, and so if he if he deletes them, then they're going to be gone. Um, let's see here. Uh, WTF is Pete Callender talking about putting words in Mo's mouth? That's what people thought I was doing, that I was putting words in his mouth. Not a question. Calendar is speechifying. And my favorite, though, was, quote, who was the old guy questioner? <laughs> uh, who was the old guy questioner that just made up a bunch of partisan stuff about Mo? Uh-huh. Who was the old guy? That was my favorite part. The old guy questioner um, that just made up a bunch of partisan stuff. She, th- This woman thinks I made up those quotes. If I had made those quotes up, do you think Colonel Davis would have said something about that to me right then and there? He doesn't have any problem calling Madison Cawthorn a liar throughout the entire debate, both nights, actually, and on social media. It's all over the place. He keeps calling him, you know, liar, and you'll hear some of the clips. Uh, do you think he'd have a problem calling me a liar if I was going to misquote him? No, I don't do that. I pulled all of this stuff from his Twitter feed, and that's just the Twitter feed. I have not followed along all of his social media posts on Facebook. I've not followed all of his appearances on MSNBC going back years. I didn't have to. I didn't have to. Again, my only point is, if you're going to run on a pitch that you can elevate the discourse beyond what Donald Trump represents, that somehow or another Donald Trump is this norm-destroying, crude and crass, awful bully of a person, then you should really be above that as well, right? You shouldn't be engaged in the same things that you're you're um, castigating Donald Trump for being engaged in. And um, oh, then there was finally this one. Uh, my uh, one of my other favorites came from this guy named Stephen, who says uh, that uh, talking about me in oh, that's just fifteen minutes of fame on a local Facebook stream. <laughs> it's always interesting what people think is an insult to me. Right. <laughs> it's one of the things I've noticed. I, I get a kick out of it for years and years. And people say things like, oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah, yeah. you came you came here to Asheville because you you couldn't hack it in Charlotte. Like, oh, Charlotte's a top 25 market. It's where I started. It's pretty good. And I got downsized. They never filled the position because they saved the budget. So, oh, oh, I get it. You don't know anything about radio. So that's why you make that accusation. <laughs> Right. People think they know so much. I had a guy, he's a former News and Observer editor that I was arguing with on Twitter the other day. And he's like, oh, good luck with your podcast. Like, thanks a lot. Really appreciate it. Podcast is going great. It's now self-sustaining, <laughs> right? Making a living doing it. And uh, we're in the top 10% of all podcasts in America. So thanks so much for the support. Again, it's always interesting to me to hear what people think is an insult. Okay, so I asked this question. Let me back it up and let me re-rack this. This is Mo Davis's response. Actually, hang on a second. Before I get to Mo Davis's response, uh, let me tell you about Schaefer Smith Design. Schaefer Smith, he can help you with your website. You need to have a good website. This is a bipartisan thing, okay? Democrats, Republicans, everybody needs their website to be intuitive. They want it to be user-friendly. You want it to look good and professional. You want people to be able to find what they're looking for when they get to your website. Get Schaefer Smith to help you with it. Professional services, corporate, small business, and entrepreneurs. Schaefer Smith can help you with graphics and photos, an online store, search engine optimization, website maintenance and security. He even does logos. He did mine for the show. So go to schaefersmith.com and get the most out of your website. That's schaefersmith.com. Okay, here is the answer that Colonel Mo Davis gave when I read through uh, his tweets to him and asked him, you know, how are you expecting us to believe that you are going to represent all of the people of North Carolina? Um, do you think this improves the level of discourse? Isn't this the very kind of behavior that you condemn President Trump for exhibiting? Well, thank you. And thank you for the question. It, uh, 
like you, uh, I used to be a contributor on uh, MSNBC, CNN, Fox, and other networks. And uh, like many folks that get into politics, you uh, you know you have to take a different perspective. And my my perspective is I'm running to represent this entire district. That's why I was criticized for on the right when I went to Black Lives Matter marches, and I was criticized by the left for going to back the blue marches. My response was that if you're running to represent the district, you run to represent the entire district, not just the people that like you. And I think if we can do good things that help everyone, and as an example, broadband, it doesn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. If you don't have broadband, you're behind. And so if we can help folks in this district, which is my commitment, is to represent everyone. The allegations against Mr. Cawthorn, again, the sexual ones, I had absolutely nothing to do with. The others, the, uh, if it was any one of those, and I think you could dismiss it as happenstance, but when you have the SPQR, Mulan Labe, 88 followers, the Betsy Ross flag, the bucket list, the Fuhrer, and using the N-word to refer to his friends, uh, you can draw your own conclusions. And I'll let voters do that. But again, see, like you could draw your own conclusions. I said, do you want to call him a Nazi? No, he won't. Why not? Why would you not call the man a Nazi when you think, obviously, you've made a case that he is one? I know it's kind of it's, it, there is an uncomfortable um, piece of information, which is the fact that he is engaged to a biracial woman. Right. <laughs> which <laughs> that's. Uh, yeah, that is. But well, I mean, it's, it's kind of a big counterfactual piece of evidence, don't you think? I'm proud of my record. I've got a record of uh, I spent seven years in the HBCU community. I've got a record as a judge. It's a public record. You can go and look at it where I fought for, to be fair, to call it like I see it, whether it's employers or employees, but to make sure that the rules are applied fairly. And again, by any measure for folks that believe in facts, we're behind in this district. And so my commitment is to work for everyone in this district to make life better. They gave Mark Meadows four terms. I'm asking for 22 months to give me a chance to make things better here in Western North Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Davis. Uh, two minutes to Mr. Cawthorn. Yes, well, again, my opponent is continuing to attack with these character assassinations of, uh, and uh, looking through my text from when I was just recently out of high school, and I referred to my friend with a variation of the N-word that ends in an A. It's something that I no longer use. It was something that I've never used in a derogatory manner. Uh, but you know what, my, my opponent seems fascinated with going through my old text messages and my old history because I don't believe that he really wants to talk about his positions. When he gave his answer, he didn't really answer any of the part of the questions from Mr. Callender, which was asking him, why did you call a Franklin Graham rally a Klan rally? Uh, it's very clear that my opponent is not from here. He's from Shelby, North Carolina, and he's coming here as a, a, a pseudo carpetbagger because in this District, we revere the Graham family. What Billy Graham has done for the Christian faith all across this country is incredible. Uh, my very own parents and many people that I know at my church oftentimes go to the training center at the Cove to train with Franklin Billy Graham and the good the Samaritan pe purse has done. Uh, but I feel like my opponent, the reason that he is so aggressively attacking is because he knows that he can't stand on what he truly believes. Uh, you know, if you look at what he says at a private fundraiser with his friends, as reported by uh, the Blue Banner article that was there, you know, my opponent says one thing in private, but then says, but I can't actually have those positions, whether it's gun control or on health care, on any litany of, of other positions, because then I won't be able to get elected in this district. So that means that my opponent is purposely trying to pull the wool over the eyes of the voters of Western North Carolina in an effort to be able to, to disguise what he truly believes. Every single one of my opponent's policies, which I'll go through, are always as far left as they can possibly be, possibly be just with extra steps to get there to disguise it from the voters of Western North Carolina. Thank you, Mr. Cawthorn. Mr. Davis, one minute, please. Well, I spent 25 years in uniform defending your right to say what you want and to practice your religion the way that you want. So uh, to me, it's not very Christian to attack another Christian's faith. Uh, I'm not a fan of Franklin Graham. I grew up in, uh, when I grew up, Jim and Tammy Faye Baker were not far from my house when they started the PTL club and built people, people out of their money. I was a big believer in Billy Graham. I've got his books at home at my house and I've read them and I respect him greatly. When my father died, uh, he loved George Beverly Shea and How Great Thou Art is the song that we had sung at my father's funeral. 
who was a 100% disabled veteran of World War II. Franklin Graham has made himself one of the richest 1%, taking a million dollars a year off the top from money that people have given to do the Lord's work. I, that's not the Bible I grew up with. So no, I'm no fan of Franklin Graham, but I'm a firm believer in religious conviction and religious faith, and I defend the right of everyone to practice the way that they believe. So part of the problem with this answer, in my mind, is that uh, you can have your disagreement with Franklin Graham and whether or not he should be rich. I mean, this is an, an honest argument in evangelical circles, right? I've had this argument with people before, these the you know pastors of mega churches that, that get very wealthy doing it. Um, but that is not what you said. You you said it was a Klan rally, right? Like this is <laughs> this <laughs> you're you're making the argument about, oh, I don't like Franklin Graham getting rich. Well that's not what you said. The, you know, you didn't go on Twitter and say Franklin Graham shouldn't be getting rich. You went on Twitter and said there's a Klan rally, just like a Republican rally. Right. Just like a Trump rally, just like the MAGA hat is the KKK hood. Like he he equates everything to the Klan, a Democratic organization, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> right. Like, And again, during a time from his childhood in the 70s that he says, oh, we need to get back to the progressive time of the 70s when I was a kid in this state. Like, I'm not really so sure North Carolina really was all that progressive in the 70s. But I don't know. I was born in New York. 1973. I grew up up there, so I don't know how progressive North Carolina was behaving uh, in the 70s and early 80s. It may very well have been San Francisco of the East. Um, I don't know. So here's Cawthorn's response. Thank you, Mr. Davis. Mr. Cawthorn, one minute. Yes, well, uh, again, my opponent obviously is not from this district because if he was, he would know how revered all of the Graham family is. I've, I've gone many times to the Cove, to whether it's with 106.9 The Light or it's to just learn training so you can go on mission trips as I've gone many times to Guatemala to do so. Uh, you know, my opponent will oftentimes tout his record as he just did and saying that that is exactly what he needs. But unfortunately, that is exactly why we don't need my opponent. I'll tell you, if another liberal lawyer in Washington, D.C. is what we needed to be able to solve all of the major problems facing our country, they would have been solved very long ago. Unfortunately, my opponent is a member of the D.C. swamp, a member of the revolving door of just working in public service and trying to pull the wool over the eyes of the good and honest voters, just like we have here in Western North Carolina. And I believe we need to firmly stand against that if we ever want to have a hope of being able to defeat these career politicians. So, all right, he's not a career politician. And this line of attack, I think, fell flat. I think a lot of the... uh the attacks that Cawthorn tried later on uh, uh, with the Guantanamo Bay cases, I think a lot of those did not work well either. You're not, go I mean, the guy was the prosecutor at Gitmo. You're not going to know more about those cases than he did, right? Unless, <laughs> unless you want to get really into the weeds on that stuff. It just, it wasn't a really effective line of attack. And here's just a, a tip. Anybody looking to do a debate like this, you don't have to use all the time. If you land your punch, just stop which he did, by the way. He landed that punch, that line about if liberal lawyers were the solution, then you know we wouldn't have all these problems, right? Because they've been going up there for, for decades now. That's a great line. He should have just stopped right there. Um, and he uses it again. And it's a great response to the uh, argument from Colonel Davis when he says that this is just a kid. He's 25. He has no experience. You know, you need somebody with the expertise that I bring to the table. And the response there is, well, a liberal lawyer? Well, we already got a whole, you know, a whole capital filled with them, and they haven't fixed anything. So, no, that's not the expertise we need. Just like if you're going to go to general equipment rental, you don't need expertise in how to run the Karcher Mister. You don't need expertise there. They'll, they'll show you how to do it. The Karcher Misting System, it's super easy, okay? It rolls around. It's like the size of a shop vac, four independent wheels. It's cordless, and you spray down whatever you need to spray down with this vital oxide disinfectant, and then you're good for like up to 10 days. Everything is sanitized and disinfected. It's safe for kids, safe for pets. Uh, it's safe for food contact surfaces. It uses an all-in-one hospital grade epa approved germicidal disinfectant sanitizer and deodorizer it kills 99.9 percent .9 of infection causing bacteria and viruses including coronavirus norovirus bird flu 
E. coli, MRSA, influenza B. It also kills mold and mildew and fungi. Um, you don't even have to rinse it down afterwards. It's non-toxic. It's hypoallergenic. It doesn't have a smell. It is colorless. And it is 100% biodegradable. And it is only at General Equipment Rental. General Equipment Rental generalrents.com. It's in Weaverville. It's at the intersection of Merriman and Reams Creek Road. And tell them I sent you. Uh, you can also go to their website, generalrents.com slash Pete, and get a coupon for two free cloth face coverings. General Equipment Rental in Weaverville, generalrents.com, and think outside your toolbox. All right, let me skip ahead. There were a lot of other topics that we covered, and uh, I'll post these up uh, later on as part of another podcast. But let me hit the Second Amendment topic of debate because Cawthorn said he the, uh, he supports the Second Amendment, not because he just likes to shoot guns, but because it protects us from tyranny. Second Amendment was not written so that we could go hunting or have a sporting rifle. It was so that we could be able to defend our families and defend ourselves from a tyrannical government. And that's something that the founders were very wise to include. Now, my opponent will most likely come up and tell you that he is a multi-gun owning Democrat to try and paint himself as a Heath Schuller Democrat. Uh, but I will tell you that my opponent, when he was speaking to the Blue Banner magazine at a private fundraiser with his liberal friends, said that he is for removing assault rifles from the market, but he cannot tell red voters because he would not be able to do it, because then he would not get elected. Now, this is another example of the Democrats trying to just be deceitful with the truth and trying to mislead people and have them vote based on emotion. Uh, I am all for the Second Amendment because I want you to be able to protect yourself. I think that politicians and all of us are defined by the hills that we die on. All right. So UNCA's Blue Banner, that's what he's talking about. I believe it's the school paper. And I have the the article here. Pretty lengthy article. Uh, he, where they talk about Mo Davis, he did a uh, meet and greet for, I guess, some folks on the campus of UNCA or something, and a um, bunch of different comments from him on all sorts of topics, but specific to this topic. Davis said that his campaign relies on winning over older Republicans who are offended by President Trump's conduct and those who enable it, okay? Then, and by the way, this article was from like February. Then Davis said that he does not disagree with banning assault rifles, but he does believe he would lose the election if he made that opinion public. Quote, we just can't cram it down their throats or we're not going to win. That's what he said. He would lose the election if he made the opinion public. Quote, we just can't cram it down their throats or we're not going to win. So here is how Colonel Davis responds to this charge. Again, my, my opponent has a real uh, difficulty with the truth. I'm not sure he'd know it if he stepped in it. Uh, on the answer to the gun question, I'm a multi-gun owner. I grew up hunting. Uh, my dad got me a 410 shotgun when I was about seven years old. I was a bail bondsman. I carried a gun when I was working. I spent 25 years in the military, and I'm still a multi-gun owner, so I'm not going to come take your guns. I've got, got my own. What I do support mm. is guns and sense. And so I do support uh, strict background checks and red flag laws. And I think if you want to own something beyond a pistol, rifle, and a shotgun, that the law here in North Carolina on concealed carry permits would be a good basis for a national standard on a more enhanced weapon like that. All right. So he's going to talk about, quote, assault rifles. He's going to talk about the ones that look like automatic rifles, but are not automatic. They're semi-automatic, just like a pistol is. But he's okay with pistols. A long rifle, not like the scary black kind with the removable magazine, I guess, like a, a single action bolt, uh, bolt action, single fire. Is that what he's looking at? I'm not sure. Uh, and um, shotguns, totally fine with shotguns, which, by the way, shotguns do enormous damage. I encourage people to go find Google or uh, YouTube videos of the size of the hole left by shotguns versus the quote, assault weapons, okay? You might be surprised. You would not be surprised to learn, though, that Rowena Patton outsells 99% of all the realtors in the state of North Carolina. That's not surprising, especially if you listen to this show, because I've been talking about Rowena and endorsing her now for uh, almost, I guess we're almost approaching now, nine years. Give her a call at 333-4483. If you are thinking about selling your home right now, 
there's a great time because a lot of people are looking to get out of cities for some reason. I'm not really sure why, but a lot of people are moving here and uh, there's not a lot of inventory for people to choose from. So call her and uh, talk with her and see what you might get for your house. This might be, you know, your retirement plan and then you can go move farther away from everybody. 333-4483, but make sure you still got internet access, obviously, so you can get the podcast. 333-4483, mountainhomehunt.com is the website, mountainhomehunt.com. Give her a call and then start packing. All right, so you heard Colonel Davis's answer on the Second Amendment question there. And then Cawthorn gave a rebuttal where he mentioned the Blue Banner article again. And then uh, Davis responds with this. So look, I agree. I would like to have no assault weapons on the street, but I put my policy out there and voters can look at it. And if I don't keep my word, then fire me in 22 months. But I'm going to stick by what I said I would do, and that's to support uh, letting folks keep their assault weapons if they go through the process. So uh, fire me if I don't keep my word. All right. So a couple things focus on here. He says, I support that last sentence there. I support letting folks keep their assault weapons if they go through the process. That is a huge red flag right there. You support letting folks keep their weapons? If they go through a process, what if they don't want to go through the process? Then what? What if they've already gone through a concealed carry, but also a process, and they also have a, a you know an assault rifle or a, a defense rifle? They already have one of these defense rifles. Then what? Do they get an exemption because they have a concealed carry? What if they don't have a concealed carry, but they have one of these defense rifles? Then what? How... You say that you support them keeping it if they go through the process. So you're going to go take them? What does that look like? But we we didn't get a chance to ask follow-ups. But that's the natural follow-up. Somebody should follow up with that question at some point. He obviously does not, he says, he does not want these weapons on the street. But he's put his policy out there, and this is his plan, and if I don't follow through, then fire me. But here, see, this is the problem. By then it's too late. By then, it's too late. If you actually do this, and then people are so mad that you did it, and then they fire you, um, the damage is done. The damage is already done. And now they're going to have to try to unwind these rules that you helped enact, which is going to be way more difficult. And if you don't believe me on that, take a look at Obamacare. All right, so a couple other points. Cawthorn repeatedly said that Davis only moved here to run for Congress. I don't know if that's true. Uh, Davis accused Cawthorn of stolen valor. Cawthorn says he has never said he was a member of the military, and he would consider doing so to be a spit in the face of those who did serve, like his Marine father and all of his grandfathers before him. Uh, They each accused each other of lying about, well, basically everything. Uh, Davis also then hit Cawthorn for being wealthy which actually came from the settlement money after his accident that left him paralyzed, um, which I was waiting for a response and, you know, free tip here to the Cawthorn campaign. Uh, you, If he ever says that, your response should have been, I would trade that money for the use of my legs. Would you take that money for the use of your legs? Right? Like, he's making it, Mo Davis makes it sound like Cawthorn is some multimillionaire rich kid. Um, and he is a millionaire now, as I understand it, but he became one because of the settlement after the accident that, you know, robbed him of the use of his legs. Um, and by the way, I checked out his resume and I'm not sure Davis has ever worked in the private sector. So that might be something else that, uh, Dave or, uh, Cawthorn should have responded with. Anyway, that's a wrap for this episode. I appreciate you listening. Remember, give it a review, a positive, preferably. And think about becoming a patron of the program. You get cool stuff, exclusive content, and all of the links are at thepetecalendarshow.com and in the description of the podcast, as is the link to the entire Blue Ridge Public Radio debate. So take a listen to it there. Thanks so much for the support. I appreciate it. We'll talk to you later. Don't break anything while I'm gone.